0: Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Black Hawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus.
1: Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests... Then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from the flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest, the waters coming down from above, stood and rose up in a a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground, until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Please turn to your catechetical review found on the inside of your worship folder. What is baptism? Baptism. Baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water included in God's command and combined with God's Word, which is that Word of God. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of our Lord. To you,
0: o Christ. I would invite all of our children to please come forward. Good morning, great to see you all this morning. Do you know what happens right here in this spot? What happens?
2: We get baptized.
0: Right, we get baptized. So what's in here?
2: Water.
0: Is it special water?
2: Yes. Not really. No.
0: It's just regular water right out of the tap. Now when we have a baptism we use warm water because sometimes the babies don't like it when we do cold water so we use warm water. But it's just regular water. (laughs) And God uses this water right here to do an amazing thing. So when we baptize a baby, I usually hold the baby, and I have the baby here, and I put my hand in the water, and what do we say when we baptize? Do we baptize in the name of Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church? No, we don't, do we? Whose name do we use? God. God's name, right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Three times I put water on the child's head. And God with his word and this water does an amazing thing. Why are we baptized?
2: Be-bing. Be-bing. And because God wants us to be. Right? Because God wants us
0: to be. In fact, he tells us. We just heard it in Mark 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. There's another reason. Why are we baptized? Because. Wash. Yeah. us when we're ready He will also give us Wash away our sins. Oh, that's very good. So how many of you take a bath? I hope you all raise your
2: hands. I never take a bath.
0: A shower? Yes. Okay. I hope I you shower. wash. And that's what the word means. The word baptized means to wash. So when we baptize, when we wash the water over a child's head, what's happening? There's a washing going on. Are we just taking away the dirt? No. See, God, with his word and with this water, does an amazing thing. He washes away our sins. He gives us faith to believe, and most importantly, he does this. He connects us to someone. Who does God connect us to in baptism?
2: Jesus! He
0: connects us to Jesus. And what did Jesus do on the cross? Right, so here in baptism we're connected to Jesus who died and took away all our sins and because of that, because of what Jesus did, that gift is given to us right here in this water and in God's word. Now we go through our days and I am always reminding you to remember your baptism, aren't I? How do we remember our baptism here in church? By believing, believing, that's right. We can do it this way too. We can make the sign of the cross. Now, when you were baptized, which name did we use?
2: God!
0: In the name of the? Father! And the? Son. And the? Holy Spirit! And we can remember our baptism by doing the same thing. So, there are certain times in the service when we say God's name, the triune name. And when we do that, we can make the sign of the cross. Do you want to do this with me? All right, so we make the sign of the cross, we start in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And that's a way we remember our baptism. And when you guys come up to the communion rail and we're receiving Holy Communion, I remind you of your baptism by placing that cross upon your head again, reminding you that God has connected you to... Jesus, he has forgiven your sins, and he has promised to be with you always. Those are the great gifts that God gives us right here in baptism. Let's go to our Lord in prayer, shall we? Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you for water water and your word and word and and the gifts of baptism. Thank you for forgiving us giving us your peace in your name name. Amen. amen all right thanks guys for coming up here and we continue with our next hymn
3: Grace, Mer- mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Good to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure, uh, actually. In yeah, the Missouri Synod, is one big family, it, and it's really neat to go and uh, be here in the Black Hills and worship the same way we do in, in uh, Plano, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Anyway, it's uh, great to be with you today, especially on this occasion of the baptism of our Lord. You know, this is a, this is an interesting minor festival we, we remember every year, and of course we end up talking about baptism, and yet we need to be honest about something, and that is that you know Jesus didn't have himself a, a Christian baptism. John the Baptist's baptism is not the same thing as what Jesus instituted. He said, go and baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, John wasn't doing such a baptism at that time. But they have a lot in common. Uh, Jesus, um, well, another difference first. Jesus told his disciples, go and baptize all nations. And John was just focused in reaching the people that came in around the Jordan, the, the children of the Israelites, the Israelites. Uh, the Jews of his day. So they have some things in common, but they're not the same thing. The most important thing they have in common is that both are intended for sinners for the forgiveness of sins. And because that's the case then, it seems strange that Jesus would come to John for a baptism. I mean, after all, why would the Son of God, who's born without sin need the forgiveness of sins. And this seems to throw John off as well. He says, you come to me. I should be baptized by you. You know, what are you doing here? And yet Jesus says, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And with this statement, we see how compassionate our, our Lord Jesus was. He acknowledges John's point. You've got a point, John. And yet, it's important that we do this now. And Why? Well, in order to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus came to save sinners. And this was made clear even before he was born. You remember the angel tells his parents what to name him because and name him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. But a necessary part of his saving sinners is this fulfilling all righteousness. You see, the entire reason That Jesus was conceived and born as a man was so he could be a man who would take our place and do the things that we cannot do. Most specifically, he would keep the law of God in its entirety. He would be perfect on behalf of those who are imperfect. He would live a life untainted by temptation and sin. uh, He was tempted, but he never gave in to that temptation and sinned. In short, he became a man in order to be our substitute, and he would suffer the punishment that we ought to suffer, and he would do it as one of us. St. Paul put it so well in his uh, second letter to the Corinthians when he said, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So even though Christ was entirely righteous on his own, he became like a sinner in order to take the place of sinners. Luther referred to this as the the glorious exchange. He goes in our place, he takes on our sin, and he gives us his perfect innocence and righteousness. He takes on our death, and he gives us eternal life. And that's Christ's entire mission, to go in our place to fulfill all righteousness. And so for this reason, at the beginning of his ministry, ministry, he receives... A sinner's baptism. And immediately upon this baptism, a miracle took place. And it reveals the true identity of Jesus. As the text says, when Christ came up out of the water, heaven is open, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove with his radiance and light landing on him. And in addition, there's a voice from heaven, and it's the Heavenly Father speaking. He says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Now, this miracle is unlike all others because here you have uh, made manifest the, the whole Trinity right there Father speaking, Holy Spirit descending, the Son being baptized, coming up out of the water. Um, and it is uh, with this, uh, we, we have this uh, miracle starting off in this season of Epiphany. And, and throughout the season of, of Epiphany, of course, we, we focus on a lot of miracles. You know, to have an epiphany is the aha moment when you realize something. And whenever these miracles were done in Christ's ministry, people had that aha moment that, oh, maybe this man is more than just a a good man. Maybe this man actually is the one that we've been waiting for, the one we're looking for, the one, the, the father's only son, But this miracle did more than simply tell us that Jesus was the Son of God. It also anoints him with the Holy Spirit, empowers him to go and begin his ministry. And so, with Christ's baptism, his ministry had begun. He would begin his life's mission to go and save sinners from their sins. Baptized as a sinner, he would live a life without sin. Throughout his ministry... He proclaimed the gospel to people and taught them to trust in him for salvation. And he also actively fulfilled the law of God in every point so that he was completely innocent. Isaiah put it this way. He said, he did no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. But Isaiah also went on to prophesy that it was God's will to lay on him the iniquity of us all. And so just as his ministry began with him playing the part of a sinner... His ministry ended that way on the cross. Just as uh, it began with a sinner's baptism, it ends with a sinner's death. Just as Christ is baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness, so also he's crucified for us for the forgiveness of our sins that we might be declared righteous before God. At the cross of Jesus, we see most clearly how he's our substitute. For even though he does nothing wrong, even though all he ever did is proclaim the truth, he's tortured to death like a common criminal. There at the cross, just like at his baptism, we also hear of the Father's involvement. Only this time it's not the Father speaking to Jesus, it's Jesus speaking to his Father and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now to be utterly forsaken by God is to suffer hell itself. When God utterly forsakes somebody, he, he casts them, it's, this, it's damnation, essentially. We, we understand that what Christ endures on the cross is akin to hell itself. As he hung there dying, he suffers hell not because of sins he committed, but because of sins we committed. And likewise, he underwent a baptism not because he needed the forgiveness of sins, but because we needed but as was stated as his baptism his glory was revealed his divinity was proven this Jesus was not also on the cross not just one good man dying for sinners this was the son of God so that when he died he didn't rot in the grave he rose again he defeated death and because he is the son of God his death carries with it more weight than simply the death of one good man His death carried with it the punishment of us all, and by his death and resurrection, the punishment of all sin has been taken away. At Christ's baptism, he did something to humble himself to be one of us. And similarly, in our Christian baptism, the Holy Spirit does something that connects us to Christ. Just as Christ's baptism is connected with his death, so is our baptism connected with Christ's death. St. Paul talked about this. In his letter to the Romans, he said the following. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And if we have been united with him like this in his death, We will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Our baptism is something special, connecting us to Jesus. It connects us to his death and the forgiveness that was won for us by his death. It also connects us to his resurrection from the dead. It assures us that we too will rise again on the last day. You know, there's an air of mystery about the sacraments. And admittedly, we don't fully comprehend everything about this miracle of holy baptism. It's why we ask questions like, how can water do such a great thing and, and do such things? And it, it, there's something mysterious about it. And yet, we can see that there's probably nothing magical about applying ordinary water. And yet, we trust that God is doing something here because we trust the one who, who gave this baptism to us. We trust the one... The Son of God who says, go and baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We trust Him because He rose from the dead. We trust Him because He's the Savior of the world. Now, in Christian baptism, you have a promise from God. And that promise is that you are now His child. And His name has been placed on you. Pastor Sturzenbecker and I had a professor at the seminary and he used to say this that baptizing a child is not unlike branding a cow (laughs) in other words you know the rancher brands the cow and says this one's mine this one belongs to me well in the same way when we're baptized God's name is placed on us and God says this one's mine this one belongs to me you know Your baptism is something that can never be taken away. You might reject it. You might wander off like a cow wandering off the ranch, I guess, to use the analogy. But nevertheless, God doesn't give up his claim on you. You may be tempted to think that, you know, like I imagine most of us were baptized as infants. You think, well, it was such a long time ago. Or maybe it had significant one upon a day or that day of or something like that. But... Is it still, you know, uh, instrumental in my life? Does it still matter? It's just why it's so wonderful. You remind people all the time. Remember your baptism. Remember, we sang that hymn how many times over, all the way back to, to Pierre and back. Um, uh, but that's a good, good thing. It's a good, good thing. Because you may be tempted to forget who you are. And by recalling our baptism, we remember that we are children of God. While you may forget about your baptism from time to time, you may live a life that's inconsistent with being a baptized child of God. Nevertheless, God never forgets about you. You may have doubts. You may be tempted to think you've done something so terrible that whatever gifts you were given, it doesn't count anymore, that Christ couldn't forgive you. You may have doubts whether or not you're saved. And when the devil throws these thoughts at you, when he tries to damage your faith and and get you to question your salvation you need only to call to mind the fact, nevertheless, I am baptized. I have been given this gift from God, and that gift is yours and you are his. Even though you don't deserve forgiveness, salvation, nevertheless, God has called you in baptism to be his child. Therefore, since you are his child, you are an heir of his kingdom. You are connected to Christ and his saving death And through your baptism, you can be confident that you have salvation all by the grace of God. Baptism is highly important for us. It's not something to be taken lightly. And in the text for today, we see how God himself honors baptism by his words and actions, for he himself is baptized. But most importantly, at Christ's baptism, we see how from the very start of his ministry, he willingly took the place of sinners. He went in our stead in order to fulfill all righteousness. And he even offers himself up as a perfect sacrifice on our behalf. So my dear Christian friends, this is good news for every one of us. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.